What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Brandon's Face, the podcast about a playlist. My name is Jonathan Beardsley. And of course, I'm joined by the one and only the titular face of the podcast, Brandon May. Brandon, you ready to talk about some R&B this week, buddy? I am. <laughs> I pictured you listening to this Brent Fiaz in your car with like the windows rolled up and some dark shades on blowing your vape <laughs> pen. So it's just like perfect mood for you, buddy. Perfect. Just oh, perfect. man. Uh, if you guys have never listened to us before, this is kind of what we do. We do a weekly re- music review. First, we break down the singles and the EPs, and then the back half of the show, we'll be breaking down the albums. I hope you guys stick around for that. Uh, if you're here for the first time, thank you. And please like, follow, subscribe if you're listening to us again. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. I think with all of that out of the way, we can get into it. You ready, buddy? Let's go. Let's go, because these first two songs are fucking jams. We got new music from S.G. Lewis, Missing You and Something About Your Love. I'm loving these. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. These are great. (laughs) Missing You sounds so familiar. Maybe I, like, heard it on one of his sets or something, because I think think somebody recorded a set of his that he did recently, and I I think he might have dropped it then. But Missing You sounds very familiar. I thought it reminded me of Can't Get You Out of My Head, the way it starts with that, like, kick syncopated to the synth. Like, it, maybe that that's it. what you're getting, that and I don't know. It. But that uh, something about your love. I was like, when that guitar solo started, I was like, oh, the Feed Me fan in Brandon is going to <laughs> love this. <laughs> well, you were correct, sir. I really, really enjoy guitar single, uh, solos. I do as well. When are we going to get muscle rollers, too? Oh, man. I just, oh, when are we going to get a full Kill the Noise, Feed Me EP? That's what we need. That would be fantastic. I think, um, no, that wasn't Kill the Noise. Wait, was it? I think Kill the Noise did uh, I Do Coke with him. Yeah, right? yeah, they did I Do Coke and Muscle, Muscle Rollers, Rollers, I think, are the two songs they did together. Both fantastic songs. Both excellent, yeah. So the demand is there. Anyways, back to S.G. Lewis. <laughs> um, these, I don't know if they're the rollout for a new album. They sound... Like, they're the same era as times, but he could just be in that high output zone now, and this could be where we're going next. If so, I I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, the album art is very Wes Anderson. It is. Yes, it is. I think, I think there's a music video for one of these. I haven't checked it out yet. We'll have to look into the visuals to see if it ties into that. Yeah. Okay, buddy. You ready to move on to this battle tape song you threw on? You know I am. Okay, this one's called If Only. I didn't really know how to categorize this one, so I put it here. It felt appropriate. Uh, it's what is this like a little bit industrial rock? Like, how would you classify this? Fuck if I know, man. They they were on my <laughs> listen to next for a long time, and I found some time to skim through that playlist. And uh, I really liked their their old music. I listened to one of their older albums, and. Uh, it just so happens that they released a new song uh, on Friday. So I threw it on here and decided uh, we were going to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know what to call this. It's great, but <laughs> I just don't know what it to is. call it. It's very good. And it felt a little more electronic to me than anything else. So Yeah, the, where you put it, I think, was kind of perfect. Yeah, I liked it, man. Definitely throw more from them on whenever you get the chance. You know I will. 
Okay, it's time for our drum complex song of the week, <laughs> which has just become a staple, right? Uh, I wasn't even going to add it, man, because we, we've we talked about drum complex so much in the past few weeks. But I listened to this song and I was like, holy shit, man, he did it again. Like, yeah. yeah, I think it's a great song. I don't have anything new to say <laughs> about him as an artist that we haven't already said. But if you like drum complex, you'll like this. I think that's safe to say. The back half of this song is just insane, man. Yeah, he really goes for it. He really does. And <laughs> I we appreciate that here on the Brandon's Face podcast. We sure do. Uh, speaking of going for it, we got a new one from Fur Coat. This one's called Saharan Dust. There's just so many cool things happening in this song. Great drums, a lot of interesting textures. I really liked this one. One of the better fur coat songs I think we've covered. What are your thoughts on it? I fucking loved this, bro. This is, this is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I love those, like, old magazine articles where they just include a bunch of blurbs from random interviews they did and just your article clip about this song would just be like it's just yeah (laughs) (laughs) start their documentary off with that right all right man let's move on to these new uh they're two john didweed songs but these are the jonathan casper remixes of both um live off the grid and stand still are the names of the tracks is this that business techno that you were telling me and Logan about? This is not business techno. This is uh, better than business techno. This is uh, texturized minimal techno, if I had to put a name to Love it. Love it. Um, we were just talking about Digweed last week uh, when we were we talking were. about um, his uh, underground. I put it in the show notes for last week's episode. If anybody is unfamiliar with Digweed and his legendary status, go listen to his L.A. set for... Um, fuck what's it called the underground something or other whatever these are fucking awesome these are great i don't know these are i didn't know who jonathan kaspar was but i now do and i've clicked follow on his spotify playlist or his spotify profile and you know uh he does a lot of minimal stuff but i think working with a digweed uh like baseline kind of made him pull pull out a little bit more texture than um than maybe he creates uh, regularly. Sure. So I, I really liked these, man. These were both very good. I agree, man. This is, it sounded very business-like to me, but this is 4 a.m. techno. I don't I don't have yeah. a genre for that other than a time. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. This is... These are very good. Uh, we didn't share it, but we were, we've been texting back and forth, and I sent you about a song that we'll be covering later, the, the SpongeBob floating into the air <laughs> with the headphones in, um, and you sent it back with these two songs. So I knew you were enjoying these. I'm glad we got to cover them. Hopefully we get new music from either of them soon yes more john digweed is always appropriate it is we've covered a million sasha songs i don't know how many john digweed songs we've covered especially originals yeah all right let's get into this new one from cascade and l trick birds of paradise featuring sydney streb man i cascade does this very well like i knew what it was going to sound like when i hit play and it's a good song but it also kind of sounds like he's on autopilot you know did you get that at all i i totally feel that i think cascade has two sides to him he's not going to play this at hakasan he's definitely not going to play this at the pool parties in las vegas this is a redo uh track 
where he does his redo shows after his big shows, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, I really like this style of him. I, 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 I can agree with you that it is, um, it's more of the same, but different. Was, yeah. What's the, the, well put. The, the scene from the interview, same, same, but different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's Cascade, and I'm not going to say no to that. Although I think he should probably just work on more KX5 because, yeah. Yeah, more KX5 or a new Cascade album might be nice, too. It's been a while since we've had a real one of those. Do you think we're ever going to get another Dynasty or another Fire and Ice out of him? If by studio album, yes. If by quality, I have no idea. I, I, get, uh, I, think, I think it's I, still in him. Yeah. I think I, I think... mean as, as monumental in the scene is that. Oh, man. I think to the people that still care about that scene, it's very possible. I don't think, I think we know what a no, like Daft Punk is a 0% chance. It's not going to happen again. <laughs> Correct. But I like, this is, I wouldn't even say this is a never say never. I'd say him and Dead Mouse have both been stagnant for about six, seven years in terms of studio albums. And both seem to be doing just fine without having to put those out. Um, but I do think that the artist in them will want to continue their traditional discography at some point in time. And we still don't know if we're getting an actual K5 album. If that's the case, that will kind of be the the release for both of them. But who knows, man? I, I really like the music that they're both putting out. But I do think when you say this is a single from my new album, it adds a weight to it. And I miss the like, I don't know, I miss the higher stakes, I guess, of just not dropping a Lucy and being like, well, if people don't like it, it was just a Lucy. And if people do, I'll turn it into an album. But it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I really hope we get something of a project from K5. So, yeah, I am too. Um, I think we're at least going to get another song or two, but give us at least five songs. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> Says the guys that do not have to make those five songs or handle <laughs> the expectations of them. Give us five more songs to critique so that I can tell you you're not that good, please. <laughs> oh, why don't you go to your wall of analog synthesizers, John? We're gonna get the email from Joel. Fuck you guys. I'll play. I'll play. Uh, I remember. No, what's the K five song? Oh, Escape. <laughs> I'll play Escape Me for ten fucking minutes in a row. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, let's move on. We got this Rodriguez Jr. remix of Sops How the Flowers Grow from their Profound Mysteries album. Big fan of that album, big fan of Sop, big fan of Rodriguez Jr. So obviously a big fan of this song. This is just incredible. Um, we often do not say that a remix topped the original. Thank you. Did this? I think it did, bro. Like, I think it did too. I, I was think it I was apprehensive on saying it, but you said it, and I I I think it did, bro. Yeah, no, I'll co-sign. I'll co-sign. I'll put it my is. name on that take. <laughs> oh man, we're we're both big Rodriguez Jr. fans, and seeing him remix a song off one of the best electronic releases this year just made me so fucking happy. And I'm glad he picked this song. It's one that I feel like was kind of slept on because it wasn't one of the six singles they released. I, I think it was. I think it might have been even my standout um, on the album. Uh, it might have been. I, um, I I saw that they released the remix album for Profound Mysteries, and I 
I didn't I, I didn't even skim through it. I saw that Rodriguez Jr. remixed it, and I was like, that's going right on this fucking playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course like, it we, is. We're, we're, we're talking about this one. If there was an auto ad feature to the playlist, this would have been on it for sure. I'll get on coding right. an API for it. Just let's, yeah, let's please. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about this new remix from Boys Noise of the song Home by Solomon. I don't think either of us were expecting this, but goddamn, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah, speaking of remixes that are better than the originals. Like... Yes. Well, yeah, I didn't even think of that, honestly. But yeah, so this is a back-to-back case. And Jesus Lord, man. Boys Noise released, like, a few pictures of him and Solomon and shit, I think, like, after this was put out. And a few, like, of those videos of when he was just fucking with it on all of his modular stuff. Oh, the way man. he makes this music is so primitive and raw, but complicated. <laughs> and it's incredible, man. When you hear it coming out of his machinery and you're like, I don't know how he got it here, but I'm thankful he did. <laughs> you know, somebody told me recently on the Internet that uh, you, it, it's it's stupid to compare digital to analog synthesizers. And it's like, like maybe yeah. in like the sound they produce, but like in the technicality it takes with skill level. I'm sorry. Like you gotta, yeah, you gotta no know way. what you're doing, bro. Yeah, you can't you put that wrong outlet into the wrong plug, like you're it's not coming out right, man. It's if that one dial is turned a notch too far right or left, it's not sounding right. Like you have to know that machine in and out. It's it's an impressive feat that I will probably never learn. But I love that Boys Noise has learned it. You know who else has learned it that I find wildly interesting? Oh. Danny Carey from Tool. The drummer oh, from shit. Tool is a large techno fan. Is he going to do like analog sets at the baked potato? Or Honestly, bro, he might already be doing them. Like, <laughs> like we don't Sounds know. Sounds like a good time. Like, like Tool takes a lot of time off. So They do. They're quite <laughs> notorious for it, actually. Uh, and he does not. He's a very busy drummer and musician. That's fucking cool, man. I'll have to see if he actually releases anything. I think there's a photo on his Instagram, and you'll have to verify this because I don't, I don't go into that realm of the interwebs anymore. Sure. There's a photo uh, on his Instagram of his modular analog synthesizer setup, and, I'll, and like right next to his drum kit, and I'm like, oh shit, man, that'd be a fun show to see for what? sure, <laughs> right? <laughs> And get boys noise to fuck with the the that part and get him to drum. That would be like the new A track or new DJ AM Travis Barker. That'd be insane. Yeah, man. Oh man, can you imagine the the octopus and boys noise? Let's go. <laughs> be incredible, man. All right, you ready to move on? Let's do it, dude. You threw a jazz song on here, you motherfucker. No, I fucking did. Yeah, I, 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 I almost threw their whole. Song. I almost threw the entire album on here, but then we had a couple other things I wanted to talk about. So I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm just gonna take over. We kind of needed a break after all these bangers. Like, yeah, we did. Um, we and did. there really isn't anything quite like the smooth sounds of a jazz trio to do that. I have been following Figgy Mold for a while, and they just dropped an album. Um, they were on some playlists that I followed and I, I mean, you would, you would be very surprised at, um, some of the play counts on some of their earlier songs. Um, the, it, it's very good. And this is obviously very good jazz. Um, I, I really liked this one. They just dropped an album, but they kind of dropped this as a single by itself. What did you think of Figgy Mold and the smooth piano silence? 
Um, and I guess we should say the song is called Stella by Starlight. I don't think I got that out, but I thought this was fucking beautiful, man. Of course. What do you, this is like, <laughs> it's gorgeous. This, right? this is like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's so funny how many different like levels and tempos there are to jazz. Cause I'd say bad, bad, not goods, maybe the only full length jazz release we've covered. And that is a much different style of jazz than this. This is much more lounge and yes. I fucking love it, man. The It's just beautiful. Um, I, I really think that comparing jazz musicians is ridiculous, but um, I will say that this made me go and throw my Bill Evans trio uh, record on the turntable and, um, I think that says something when you uh, when you're a young artist and you make me throw on one of the best trio jazz artists of all time. So, man, yeah, you're going to have to give me an education in the old school jazz one day, especially if you have some physical releases we can go through. My my extent of jazz knowledge is watching La La Land and Whiplash back to back, which I think is pretty <laughs> great. <laughs> Whiplash is a great movie. And my love hot it. take is that I loved La La Land also. I'm a big fan of Emma Stone. So, well, we know the first two movies we're going to cover on our movie pod. So <laughs> lock that in. Followed by uh, House Bunny. Those are the first three right there. <laughs> Look forward to I'm it. Large fan of House Bunny. <laughs> All right, man, let's move on to a song I'm a very large fan of, and that's this new Easy Life and Benny song, OTT, which I think stands for Over the Top, but I'm not sure. Oh, boy. Did you think this is as great as I thought this was? Those harmonies, bro. <laughs> Dude, just special. This I'm really looking forward to this Easy Life album. Um, you know what's funny, dude? Like is that's the... all hidden. I I will agree with you. And what's funny is the last time we reviewed an easy life album, I didn't like it. And I like really tried to, but I've been, I've been digging all of this. Maybe, maybe, maybe my brain is just finally allowed me to like him or something. I don't know. I think that the world was weird for a couple of years and most music releases reflected the weirdness of the world, whether it was about what was going on or not. And I think that that easy life release has kind of fallen into that category. I dig that. We're going to talk about an album later today uh, that talks about how weird the world is. So, All right. Well, we'll table this conversation <laughs> for then. I am very much looking forward to this easy life album. I think it drops. Let me take a quick look. August 12th. We'll definitely be checking that out. Hell yeah. All right. Let's move on to this new one from Genevieve called Two in Love featuring Benzie Boy. So we haven't talked about her yet, but I discovered her debut album sometime late last year and never got around to adding it, but it grew into one of my favorite R&B albums of the past decade and one of the most impressive R&B debuts I've ever heard. Her voice is incredible, but her use of melody is really like what keeps me coming back. The way she fuses 90s R&B with a little bit of neo soul and those harmonies are just beautiful. Uh, this track is great. I don't think it's like one of my favorites of hers it has that weird little uh what's that instrument where you scrape the stick against the ridge wood it's got a lot of that going on this song. <laughs> um, so that threw me off a little bit but her voice is still great what did you think of hearing her for the first time yeah uh my notes say that i don't know either of these people but like i really really liked this this was good yeah i don't 
I don't think I have a physical albums to add on a slow week, but hers is definitely up there for whenever things do slow. I think you'd, you'd actually dig it. There's a lot of soul to it. Sure, I would. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about her again. Let's move on to this next one, because this one's kind of a weird one. It's by a group called Domi and J.D. Beck, and the song's called Take a Chance. It's featuring Anderson Pack. Have you ever heard of these people before? Uh, I have definitely heard of Anderson Pack before. I mean, other than Anderson <laughs> Pack. <laughs> no, I've never heard of Domi, <laughs> Dom, Dom I, or J.D. Beck. I hadn't either, and from what I can gather, it's a keyboardist and a drummer who make pretty much jazz, hip-hop, and R&B beats. They're signed to Anderson's Pack, Anderson Pack's label, so it's not really a surprise to see him on this track. I thought the track itself was like good laid-back hip-hop with a little bit of pop worked in. It's nothing new, but I kind of liked it. What did you think of it? More harmonies, man. This is this was this was good. I really enjoyed this. I figured you would. There was a very grounded feel to this that I thought you would dig. Yeah, super did. Okay, let's talk about this new one from Jid. It's a little freestyle called 29. I don't think this is another birthday song like we got with Dave, because I don't think Jid is 29, but what did you think of this? <laughs> uh, it's good. I, I, I think Jid has basically unlimited upward trajectory in the rap world. Uh, ironically, though, as good as this is, I it's not my favorite release of his. Nah, it, it's forgettable, and I think because Jid can rap over literally a tin can falling down the fucking stairs and make it sound <laughs> good, he keeps trying, and it's like, man, snap back into album mode. Like, we need the Forever Story or DiCaprio 3 or whatever you right. want to release next. Like, we we like the singles, but dear God, it's been a while now. Right, exactly. <laughs> to only be two albums into your career, you shouldn't be taking four years off. Granted, he's been heavy he's been, in yeah, the uh, dreamville busy. and the feature lane and honestly i think ever since he did that imagine dragons guest verse he has hit a different stratosphere <laughs> so good for him you know i think it was on i think it was on dicaprio 2 where there's like a little skit and every time i hear dreamville now i it just transports me back to the skit where he's like throw some of that dreamville money yeah. <laughs> why does j cole look like he's about to charge he's about to borrow your charger like, <laughs> let me get my shit to like 10 percent, bro exactly is that's on dicaprio too right yeah all right because i i can i can i every time i hear dreamville or dreamville records i i just i transport back to the first time i heard this song and was like hey that guy's got a fucking point like oh my god it's so fucking funny it's so good J. Cole's a good sport, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this new Joey badass one called Survivor's Guilt. I don't I don't know if this new album will have the same highs that the 2017 album All-American Badass had, but it's definitely going to be full of introspective shit like this. So I'm pretty stoked on it. I'm really loving the drums on this track. I think this is one of the better singles he's put out, if a little bit. I don't know. It's not an immediate hit. I won't say that, but I really enjoyed this. What did you think? I really like this too. I can't see it being played on the radio, but he has, he's got a great flow. Like you said, the drums are fucking awesome. I like this one. Do we have a new release date for his album or is it? Like yeah, it's um 22nd. So okay. not this week, but next week, next week. God. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm excited to talk to you about this new one. So we got a new song from killer Mike run featuring young thug. 
This is Killer Mike's first solo record, non-Run the Jewels, since 2012's Rap Music. Have you ever listened to that album? Yes, it's good. It's fucking phenomenal. And it's kind of a non-official Run the Jewels album. I think LP only has one vocal credit on it, but I think he did a lot of production did a lot on of that. Production, yeah. But honestly, I like LP a lot, but I think Killer Mike is a top 20 all-time lyricist when he's in his shit. And I don't think this flow is him at his best, but I love that he's kind of just getting back into it. I really enjoyed the slow measured approach up until Young Thug's part started. <laughs> I just didn't, I, I don't connect with it at all. I don't get it. I don't think they have very good chemistry either. What did you think of this song and his return? All right. I, like you, really like Killer Mike's music. Um, and I think that, I think the Killer Mike has fed off of the energy of LP in the studio with him or on LP's beats for a long time. And I think that this was a solid, um, a solid way to uh, come back, but I didn't, really like this song that much um as for young thug i dude i've tried so hard i have tried to understand what these kids like about young thug and i just don't fucking get it dude i just don't understand it <laughs> like i i've i've got i've gone back i've gone back to, and listened to slime life and the slat life and the and and and, and it just it i just don't fucking get it man is this is this like a recent feature? Because I'm pretty sure Young Thug's in jail. And if it's not a recent feature, then it's a verse that Killer Mike did to kind of give Thug some money to fight whatever charge he's going through. Because they're both from Atlanta, and I have a feeling that they have definitely met and talked and all that fun stuff. So, um, I believe this was recorded before going in. There's a music video for it that I think Dave Chappelle is even partly in. Killer Mark's wearing like a, I think a free young thug, either bandana or shirt in the video. So I think that you, that you are right that it is partially to just keep some shine on his name while, while all of this is going on. But I also do think that this was in the works prior to that happening and was going to come out regardless. I think that if Killer Mike had his way young thug would have been in the video with him and it wouldn't have been like a free young thug statement type of thing right um but yeah man i'm hoping we get more solo music from him soon yeah i i miss him i'm all for it and i hope that he um i hope that he finds his flow again i do too that said i do every time the song comes on and it's his part i i enjoy it i think i think i don't skip even it. when he's no no and i think i just like to listen to him talk that's that's the thing. He's got one of those voices that you just want to listen to. He's also got a lot of things to say. So. <laughs> yeah, not all of them I agree with. But <laughs> we'll save that for another one. Um, good God. Okay, so let's move on. We got this Russ Paddington freestyle, which I thought I was going to love based on the name. Never seen the movie. Heard it's excellent. Um, <laughs> but good god man he dropped an elon musk bar and an amber heard bar in this song so i think i'm just going to use this opportunity to jump off of the rush train and let it just go on its way <laughs> i don't think i this isn't for me this is not music that i feel good listening to uh it's just this one is a dud for me what did you think let's talk about elon musk first i'm let's just go. kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> 
Oh, that he's potentially going to have to pay $44 billion for something he doesn't want now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, more so. In, no, never mind. We're not going to get into it. But um, I, I enjoyed this freestyle for what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like Russ. You've turned me on to Russ. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hate on it. I, I enjoyed listening to it. I think I only listened to it twice, though. And, you know. Yeah, I don't. This is like, I don't know, man. This one is... <laughs> No, this is a no, but let's move on. I, I, I enjoy his flow, so I do get that that has an appeal for sure. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this next one. That's why I don't want to spend any more time on Russ. It's okay. because we have a new armor for sleep song called How Far Apart that you threw on here. Oh, my God. Didn't know this was coming. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> we have a new armor for sleep song. I have some information about the song and the album, but I want to know just your thoughts on hearing new armor for sleep for the first time in like over 10 years. Oh my God, John, (laughs) somebody, somebody posted it on Reddit and I was like, no, and I clicked it. It was on Spotify and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Oh shit. Yep. Oh, it's happening. Car Under Water is a 10 out of 10 album. I'm excited to hear more from them. I don't know whether or not an album is coming, but I'm hopefully I'm hoping you can tell me that. So do your thing. I love the song. Um, I love the song too, and I think it's funny because I feel like it's a Bloody Mary situation. I've said their name like three times on this podcast, and now <laughs> they've just reappeared out of fucking nowhere. I couldn't be happier. And also, please stop me from comparing bands to Armor for Sleep. <laughs> because when you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, no, there's there's only one Armor for Sleep. Uh, they, Dude, they sound fucking incredible. They still sound like the people that made Car Underwater, which is so special. Um, so the you we are getting a new album. It's called The Rain Museum. It drops September 9th, pretty soon, actually. The Rain Museum. The Rain Museum, and they posted a little bit about the backstory to this album on Instagram. If I was a professional, I would have this quote up so I could just read it verbatim, but I'm going to say it's the singer posted this. Pretty much during the pandemic, he started working on a concept album called The Rain Museum as a way to fill time. He didn't get too far into the concept other than it's about like a physical museum in the future that houses artifacts of the eras we grew up in. And that's kind of about as far into that as he got. But while he was working on this album during COVID and trying to pass time as he worked on it a little at a time, his marriage started to fall apart. And I think he ended up separating from his wife. Oh, man. And so he started to use the writing process to just keep his mind distracted. But then I think when he got deeper into it, he realized he started writing that stuff into it. So this album is part therapy part concept album thousand percent us here for it this is going to be (laughs) one of this is going to be the emo confessions i don't know what the hell's going to go on but i just just got chills man that is amazing and i'm so sorry that he lost his wife i mean i think you and i can both commiserate that that would fucking suck but um it it just it if it's going to bring more armor for sleep music, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for that. So. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I think it was like the weekend got broken up with after Starboy, and somebody was like, Oh my God, thank God. The next album's <laughs> actually going to be good. <laughs> and then we got my dear melancholy. Which right. was, 
right there. Oh um, and I'm God. sorry if I missed anything in that paraphrasing, but uh, please, Armor for Sleep, I know you're listening to the pod. We're huge fans. Can't wait for that album. Please come on and talk about it. We'd love to hear about it. Yes. All right, let's move on to this new Bring Me the Horizon song called Strangers in Alternating Lowercase and Uppercase Letters, like we're in John. sixth grade. You know what happened here, right? <laughs> no, you tell me. This this is the uh, when Creed gave Jim the flannel shirt for Secret Santa. They clearly heard Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, <laughs> ran it through the Bring Me the Horizon machine, and this is what came out. <laughs> You know what sucks though? It's fucking good. It's, it's so fucking good. good. It's good. Why is it good? Oh, I hate it. Oh man, this fucking band. <laughs> this fucking band. Look, man, it's fine. Like it's a good song. Like it's the Breaking Bad. How does he keep getting away with this? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I this is extremely derivative. It's not very original, but it works. Like whatever they've evolved into, I think if you just accept it for what it is, it's not that bad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but it's an okay song. I don't skip it. It's <laughs> same, man. Like let's do it again today. Like it's like you keep trying to figure out what you hate about it, and then you kind of realize you, you like it. You don't <laughs> hate it. like. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's um, – my mind immediately went goo-goo dolls on that opening melody, and I was like, yeah, I see where the influence is here. <laughs> Never thought the goo-goo dolls would influence Bring Me the Horizon, but this is the time we're living in. <laughs> Welcome to 2022, where the points don't matter and Bring Me the Horizon is still weird. <laughs> Featuring Ed Sheeran. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, man, let's move on. I'm sure we'll get more music from Bring Me the Horizon to talk about soon. This one is from a band called, I'm going to say Era, Era. Era, um, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, the, the song is called Pull from the Ghost. Never heard of this group before. Really liked it. Thought it was a good song. Where did you find this? Um, they had been on my listen to next for a while and I had seen the name for a few years. And I think earlier this year, somebody posted something about them and like just gushing on the internet. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll finally give them a shot. Right. And, uh, lo and behold, they are very good. And <laughs> I, I really liked this song. I did too, man. Uh, definitely throw more music on from them whenever it pops up on your yeah, release th radar. Yeah, this is a new one. I think we are expecting a new album. Um, I've listened to uh, a couple of their, or at least one of their albums, and it was really good. So I, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for an album rollout here. Fuck yeah, man! I'm excited to hear a full album of theirs. Okay, you ready to talk about some Mars Volta? Let's go. Okay. They released another single called Graveyard Love. And a few weeks ago when Logan was on here, we broke down that first single they released. And none of us seemed to know where it was going. Two singles in. Do you think an album announcement is inevitable at this point? Yeah, they're going to release an album. And I, I genuinely think that they're fucking with us. How so? Uh, I, I, these songs, both of them seem to be leading into something. And... I, I look, I could be wrong here, right? I'm not an, any sort of insider. I don't know the Mars Volta, but from what I have listened to from them, they do a lot of lead ins. 
And I would be very surprised if these songs don't lead into something heavier and weirder. Does that make I, sense? I completely get what you're saying. And I, I'm on board for that. But I also don't care if it leads into just more of the same. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it, it's good. Um, it's it's not as weird as the Mars Volta can get, though. And I would be very surprised if they came out of a hiatus to make something normal. I don't know what goes into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but his voice needs to be in it. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Just like, For it's, real. it's perfect. It's iconic. And I'm pretty sure it's been in like 30% of the bands in San Diego at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, let's move on to this new one from Mayday Parade called Thunder. I look, man, if you like one Mayday Parade song, (laughs) you like them all. They just don't really age, right? Uh, You know, man, I don't think we're ever going to get another Jamie all over uh, from Mayday Parade, but I really enjoy their music. So, hey, Miserable at Best and Jamie All Over are two seminal songs from the scene that I think will always have a fondness in our heart. This doesn't sound too different from those, but it also doesn't have the magic that those songs have. It it doesn't not sound like it, but it definitely doesn't feel like it. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing is bands like this that clearly know how to make good songs. They made those songs and then you chase that dragon for the rest of your fucking career. <laughs> yeah, you know? man. We're never going to get another Jamie all over. We're never going to get another miserable at best, but I'm okay with that because they clearly still know how to make some music. So do you think we should put like a moratorium on scene or emo bands being able to write songs about thunder? I feel like <laughs> it's just, I know boys like girls did it. Like, I I don't know. That was like over 10 years ago, but it still feels too soon. (laughs) You know, what's funny, man, is I think about it um, a little bit. And one of the most popular songs from the most popular rock group in the world right now, Imagine Dragons, is called Thunder. And so I think it could be something like you search Thunder. Trying to game the system. you, you You search Thunder and you get. You know, Mayday Parade's new song. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist. We're going to talk more about conspiracy theories later. In this you think episode. Mayday Parade is uh, using the same hashtags we're using to try and get their shit out? <laughs> <laughs> potentially, oh, potentially. You never know. I don't think they ever made it. So they're they're good, no. but like I don't think they ever like made it. You know, Mayday Parade. Come on the pod, talk to us. All right. Let's do move, let's talk about this new one from Norma Jean called Spearmint Revolt. Incredible fucking song title. Incredible fucking song. Man. Is this, this the heaviest song that Norma Jean has ever released? No, God no, God no. I, I <laughs> don't man. know, bro. This is heavy as fuck. This dude. is heavy, but this is a different he- of this style of metal. Yes, but Bless the Martyr is a raw heaviness that. Okay. I don't think that they can recreate unless they just like, I don't, I don't think they can recreate Bless the Martyr heaviness. And I'm not just talking about Memphis. I'm talking about that whole fucking album. I think um, the whole band would need to be hanging from rafters at the glass house in Pomona yes. to, make that, <laughs> to make that, you know? They might be, honestly. Um, but <laughs> I I love this. And I miss, I miss the title of the album being a lyric in a song versus an entire song on the album. Like the yep. the second he started singing the death rattle sing part, I was like, ah, he said it. I was like, <laughs> he did. The, he said the thing. <laughs> yeah, he said the thing. <laughs> I 
because at first like I, I couldn't remember that we'd officially heard they had a new album so when when this song came on i was like they have a new album coming out right because i need more of this right um and yeah the second he started singing it i got to have the pointing moment which i always love <laughs> this this one's great man this this will put some hair on your chest for sure yeah this is a heavy song i was at that breakdown bro just like here's here's this breakdown <laughs> just, <laughs> fuck yeah man let's Loved go it. let's Loved go it. I'm a little afraid to say this. Next up, we have Parkway Drive, The Greatest Fear. <laughs> and my greatest fear is that I have to say that I just don't like this very much. This is kind of butt rock for Parkway Drive, and it breaks my fucking heart to say that, dude. But this is... I can understand the lyrics. <laughs> like, I don't want this. Parkway this is Drive is the same band that put out Boneyards. Like... This is this is too light. This is too light for me. Change the band. All right, all right. <laughs> so band. so what what what's happening is is we didn't get a semp eternal in between, and we just got heavy metalcore into butt rock, and there was no transitional period because people are okay with Bring Me the Horizon. I'm not sure that they're going to be okay with this giant stylistic departure. Yeah. But here's the deal, man. If this was not Parkway Drive, I kind of I kind of like the music. Sure. I, I, I hate that it is Parkway Drive doing the music, but I I, I really like the they, song, man. <laughs> like, are I they like opening for Mastodon soon or something? Like, I don't know, but on? Mastodon's way heavier than this. So You're right. I don't this, even this know, man. Like, this is their show yourself, I guess. Like, the, I don't... The breakdown's pretty good, but, like, yeah. uh, I'm just kind of like, come, come on, man. Like, Where's the Crimea fucking river, bitch? <laughs> yeah, po 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 poking him with a stick. Like, like, dude, come on, man, do something. Like, oh, this man. is the same band that put out Prey, bro. Like, Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, dude, I, I honestly agree with you. It is very... I, I hate to use the term butt rock. I honestly feel like it's more... In my head, butt rock is so a perfect circle, tool, nickelback, more alternative prog rock. And this is just classic metal, I would say, more than prog rock or alternative rock. But it's not good. <laughs> uh, not for me, man. But I think it's a good song if it wasn't Parkway Drive, like you said. But knowing yeah. who it is, I'm disappointed. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember feeling this way about the last song of theirs you added. So I feel like this is they're they're turning that dial faster than I want them to. Like you said, we didn't get the sempaternal in between. Yeah, we need so, there. Somebody needs to put a sandpit turtle right in between, <laughs> right in between some some metalcore and butt rock. Uh, Eddie Munson's gonna be like, "Can you feel my heart?" <laughs> <laughs> You either live Season long five, enough. Season five, it's happening, bro. You either live long enough to find uh, to become a hero, or you. Uh, what, 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 how does the quote do, quote go? Something like that. Uh, you said it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you or you die a butt rock band. Fuck yes, it, it happens, man. You either it's live a medical metal core legend or die a butt rock band. There yes, there it is. And we've seen it happen a lot, unfortunately. Yep. But let's not waste too much time there. I like Parkway Drive as a band. I just didn't really like this song. Um, moving on, we got a new one from Rain City Drive, who we've covered a lot of. This is their new one, Blood Runs Cold. I think it's a very solid track uh, produced by Eric Ron, engineered by our good friend Anthony Reeder, mixed by Tom Lord Algae. 
Very good song, very catchy. I don't really have a lot of notes on this because I have news, and that is that their full-length album drops this week. So we will hey. be reviewing that one this Friday. My notes are, as is tradition, I like this Rain City Drive song. <laughs> <laughs> um, their album, guess what it's called? I don't, I don't know. Rain City Drive. Beautiful. <laughs> Man. I could have guessed it. I could have guessed, guessed it. Damn. You, you gave me a layup and I and I, I just, I just botched it, bro. You mugsy bogsed it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this last single we have this week. Revocation's new song, Diabolical Majesty. Is this a new song? Am I right in saying It that? is. Yes, it okay. is. I didn't look at the date before saying that, so I felt like I should ask. Tell me about this. What's going on on this? All right. So Revocation, Revocation, however you want to pronounce it. This is a band that I found recently. Um, Somebody on a prog metal page was like, listen to this band. And I I always take recommendations for prog metal as kind of a – with like a massive, like the largest grain of salt that you can possibly – take it with um because prog metal just kind of encompasses this wide array of tool to opeth sort of thing and uh so i threw on their album uh the outer ones and fell in love like it is it is it is heavy and proggy and like there's death elements to it and it's just it's very good so i clicked follow and this was about a month ago and uh lo and behold we got a new song this is fucking awesome man they get it. Thank you for explaining it all to me. Because, yeah, there's a lot of really cool shit going on in this song. There's and a lot that happens. You got to there's, yeah. there's a number. It just takes a number of listens, I think. It's it's in my personal preference, just not really in my wheelhouse of understanding. So I needed a little bit of an explanation. But I really like this. I thought it was very, very good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Okay, buddy, you ready to talk about some albums? Let's talk about a couple of albums. Let's talk about a couple of albums. We had actually more than I anticipated this week, which was kind of a nice surprise. First up, though, we have Brent Fiaz's new album, Wasteland. I'm going to dive in here first, if you do not mind, Brandon. I do not. I, And please correct me if you have, but I don't think there's ever been an R&B album like this before in terms of the way it sounds um i've i've said multiple times on this podcast that one of my favorite things an artist can do is build an album or build a world with an album and let me explore that world through their music and this album does exactly that like you feel like you're a fly on the wall observing a day or a night in his life which i'm not always saying is a comfortable experience (laughs) and enjoyable um but i honestly think it's a risk i'm glad he took because I think this is one of the most unapologetically R&B albums we've gotten in a long time. And I think that he only pulled it off because he had the confidence to do so. And I think he's always had a great voice, but it takes a lot fucking more than a great voice to make a great album. And I think all of his albums up until this point have been really good. But I think that this album is what the transition from really good to great sounds like, honestly. And I didn't know this until recently, but he's an independent artist. And I think he's projected to sell like 105 to 115,000 units the first week, which would put him at number one, which means he's eating fucking well right now, my man. It's (laughs) like he's he's connected with an audience without the help of a major label. 
And I think just to be operating on the level he is without that type of help just only makes me respect him and appreciate this album more. Um, musically, my thoughts are kind of scattered. I'll kind of pepper them in as you say some things, but I I have this one. I don't know, man. It's I'd say if I'm being super critical, it's probably an eight. If I'm factoring my like personal preference, it's like a nine. So I'm going to say 8.5 just to be an extra pedantic music nerd about this right now. Uh, it's one of my favorite R&B albums of the year. I love all the sparse orchestral elements that kind of build this fucking weird play-like thing we heard. But I'm very curious to know if you liked any of it. So please give me some of your thoughts. <clears throat> All right, so first off, I gave this album a ton of chances to make sense to me. Um, the skits... All right, I just need to like understand the concept behind this. He like treats his pregnant girlfriend poorly and only like reacts well when she like threatens to hurt it and herself. I don't know. I'm so confused. There was a lot of really great production moments. So like what you said, there was a bunch of orchestral elements that work very well i think that brent fias has a wonderful voice like it's it's clear that he has a great voice um i i i think it just was a little bit too weird of an r&b album for me to really get into because the only things that i could really get into were some of that some of those orchestral elements and some of the production was really good and other than that, the lyrics didn't speak to me. The skits didn't speak to me. I didn't get into it quite as much as you did. And I kind of, I kind of wish that I did. Cause I knew, I knew you were getting into this and I, I like, I, dude, I tried so hard. I even like, I like, even like, was like, okay, maybe I'm not in the mood. Right. And like went back <laughs> when I was like, maybe in the mood and like, it still just didn't do it for me. My standout is actually the final song on the record, which is Angel, and um, I mm -hmm. gave it a 4 out of 10. Angel is very Michael Jackson-esque. It's not a surprise that that one spoke to you. I think that that's probably vocally his most like contemporary performance on the album. I really liked and I, it. I think in terms of your, your score and all of that, for your preference and your taste, that makes perfect sense. And I think that the disjointedness you're speaking to isn't Mis misfounded he he said that he was about five six songs maybe more into this album before he realized it was an album that he was making and not just a bunch of songs so i don't think that the cohesive theme was there to start this rollout Got technically it. started immediately after his last album in 2020 because dead man walking came out in 2020 Last year, we got Gravity featuring Tyler, the creator. We got Wasting Time featuring Drake, produced by the Neptunes. And then this year, we got Price of Fame. So this has kind of been when it all came together, it all came together. Now, me as an R&B fan, those interludes are nothing. I don't even hear those. Like I, <laughs> I get how dumb they are, how stupid they are, how problematic they are. But like they've never affected me. I will say, and I think some of my issues with this album the reason it's not an obvious 10 kind of have to do with the sequencing in the first half of the album killing the momentum every time it starts and it's not always just the the dialogue interludes he has musical interludes that lead into dialogue interludes and it leaves you kind of confused as to where you're at in the story if there is a story but i think when this album gets its momentum 
pretty much dead man walking through bad luck. I would say through Angel, but wake up call is you can't just like sit through that and be like, oh, that didn't happen. Um, that's like very right. uh, like... Stan Eminem <laughs> shit going on. And it's like a lot. But I think that, I don't know, just as a fan of his type of music and who's been following him for like, I guess, a, a little over five years now. This is what I wanted, and I still think that as great as I think it is, there's room for improvement. So I don't think you're off, man. I think that you gave it the honest try that I knew you would, and I'm I'm just glad that you honestly approached it from that point of view. It just sucks you weren't able to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to, man. Like, I just, I just can't I lie to you, John. I know you can't lie to me, man. And I appreciate you just giving this the time of day. He's honestly been uh, pretty active on Twitter since this came out, kind of doing little Q&As about things here and there about the album, which he doesn't typically do. And he posted, like, I think when he was getting to New York to promote the album, just the address that he was at. And it was like he posted the video on Twitter. It's like two blocks deep of people just screaming outside the window so wild yeah he's he's on top of the world right now man i think that this is his best release to date and i think it's going to be the biggest era of his to date fuck for god fucking sakes the guy has alicia keys drake and tyler on his album like he's doing pretty good um i'm gonna say one specific music nerd thing that i know you loved about this album let's go the way the fucking baseline walks across Ghetto Gatsby with oh, him God. and Alicia Keys. Yes. I was like, oh, Brandon's going to love yes. this baseline. That's just, oh, it's so good. There's a <laughs> lot of instrumental elements that I think, honestly, like some of the vocals and the interludes and the skits and the and and, and kind of everything else took away. Like, like there are some like really jazzy moments on this. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you, you, you know, I love jazz. And it, it was it was one of those it was one of those things where. I like wanted to get into it, but like couldn't. So I, I think he has a great voice and who knows, maybe, maybe I'll revisit it towards the end of the year and maybe I'll feel different. Maybe I needed to be in a different mood. I don't know. You know, <laughs> um, I, I think only time's going to tell on this. There's a lot of albums that I think I've given eights in the R and B realm that have settled somewhere around like a six for me. I don't think this one's going to settle much lower than an eight, if at all. So we'll be talking about it at the end of the year, regardless if you revisit it or not. But I do think you should if you feel inclined to. Maybe I will. All right. But skip the interlude. See if that helps. Maybe I will. (laughs) You're like, I already did, man. It didn't. (laughs) No, I I actually didn't. I I, well, I skipped around. There was and we'll get into it on this next album. But I even like I even like kind of like, all right, let me start in the middle. Like, you know, like. I think that's a perfect point to jump off at. And that is where we are going to go on to Burnham Boy's new album, Love Demini. This one was supposed to drop last week as far as all the release schedules that I was following. It finally dropped this week. I threw it on here as kind of a late edition on a stacked week. I hope you didn't like invest too much time into it, but I thought there was enough interesting things I heard when I skimmed it to kind of visit So we've talked at length about how I'm not really a dancehall fan or reggae fan, but I keep trying with this type of music. And I think I found myself enjoying it about, I think a little more often than not, 
there's a lot of good music on here, but he stretches it just a little too thin at times. Like he could have trimmed a few songs, made this whole album more concise and just a better listening experience. But this is what the industry's become. This is how you make money and volume. And I I think that that ended up costing the album. Things I liked about the album. We'll talk about those. And please jump in if you feel any inspiration to from anything I'm saying. Uh, I mostly added this because it had a Khalid feature that I hit play on. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good Khalid feature. <laughs> um, and then I started the album front to back. That first song, I, I feel like there's just some magic to it. Like, I really love the feeling of that song when it really kicks in. And it's not something I would revisit a lot, but I enjoyed it every time I hit play on this album. But the most of the middle just kind of lost me. Honestly, the Ed Sheeran song might be the best song on the album. So if you don't mind, I want to have a quick Ed Sheeran conversation with you. <laughs> okay. We're going to do, do a brief detour here. And I think it, I think there's a misconception with him that a big artist has an obvious hit loaded for their album and need a feature. So they get Ed Sheeran to jump on it because he's one of the biggest names possible to make that single bigger. And that tends to be, I think, the preconceived notion every time he's on a song like this. But I don't think we ever really give him the credit of maybe it's the best song on the album because he's on it, not because <laughs> they added him to it. I don't know. I just want to put that out there for thought. I don't know if it's true. I'm not going to stake my name to that take quite yet, but I thought it was an interesting thought. Um, overall, man, I gave this album like a five or six. Wild Dreams was my standout. What did you like about this, if anything? I really liked Wild Dreams and the Ed Sheeran song. Um, and uh, I tried a number of times with this album too, man. I, I had two back-to-back -back albums that I just really couldn't get into. I gave this a three. Um, I'm, I, it's like weird reggae and dancehall fusion. Like I like yeah. a, I like a little bit of dancehall. I like a little bit of reggae. I'm not super into either genre, but like. It's not my jam, bro. It's just not my jam. I really liked Wild Dreams, though. And on Ed Sheeran, I, 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 I like Michael Bublé. Like, of course, I'm gonna like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, I'm not too big. I'm not, I'm not. I don't have big enough, a big enough ego to say that I don't like music that's fucking good. I'm a, I'm a Swifty, bro. Like a lot of people, oh, I know you. A, a lot of people hate on Taylor Swift just because she is Taylor Swift, and I'm not afraid to say, bro. I'm sorry, but uh, like folklore was good. Like, like I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say other than Ed Sheeran's a good artist. There's no reason for him to be at the level that he is in the music industry without being good at it. And um, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, he was in the movie Yesterday. Uh, did you sure. watch that movie? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, it's the movie about the guy who gets like hit in the head and then he wakes up and the Beatles don't exist. But like he remembers uh, all yeah. the songs. Ed <laughs> Sheeran's in that movie and Ed Sheeran's like talking to him at his like his, his parents house. And the dad walks in and goes, you look like Ed Sheeran. He goes, thanks. Like <laughs> it's, it's great. He's got a great sense of humor about him. And I, 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 I don't hate Ed Sheeran. I, I don't think that his music is like the best. 
I think there's a certain amount of cheese to all of it. I think that's for sure, what bro. you need to say. For yeah. sure. There's definitely a certain amount of cheese to it, but I'm not I'm not Every time I hear Ed Sheeran, unless it's on a Bring Me the Horizon track, I'm not going to automatically be like, no, fuck that. You know? <laughs> like, Yeah, that was a pretty rough experience. We're going to look back on that one and just be like, what the fuck happened? But I was curious because Burna Boy has, I mean, obviously a large presence. I had never listened to him prior to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked at it. He's three ni- 396th in the world. For yeah, he's on a, Spotify. He's a big like he's, global. He's a, he's a large artist. Like he's he's yes. big. So he's very big in terms of the global music scene. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think this album would connect with either you or I. I'm glad that we both kind of at least had wild dreams to enjoy. That's a really good song. Um, but yeah, I just kind of this one was meant to push us out of our comfort zone a little bit, and even though we didn't like it, at least we tried. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you threw it on because now I know I can say I'm not the biggest Burna Boy fan. You're gonna go into work tomorrow just saying that to everybody. Hey, I'm not a Burna Boy fan, all right. Hey, what do you think about Burna Boy? I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's move on to this new Code of the Friend album called Memo. So I mentioned earlier our texts back and forth of the SpongeBob levitating meme. For those who want to know, the 365 Days of Peace intro to this album was was the song on this week's playlist that made me just leave Earth and enjoy life for a bit. God damn, man. This album just made me feel good. I yeah. love that feeling. I miss it. And I feel like I was very critical of his last lyrics to go, and maybe unrightfully so, maybe rightfully so, but album mode coda is different, and this hits different. (laughs) What did you like about this? Tell me what your thoughts on it are. Well, I think that the fact that he released an album confirms that we won't be getting a Labor Day or a Veterans Day track. Oh, you don't know that. Um, (laughs) um, Dude, I think this is a great fucking project, man. He has basically never strayed from his method, from his message of growth, positivity, self-care, love. And you got to respect that, man. He has some of he has some great bangers on this on this album. Um, The production is fucking great, as is tradition. The sax on Mm -hmm. Soho House is just, oh, God. Yeah. it's amazing. There's a, and speaking of sax, there's a lot of really good jazz production on here, which you know I appreciate. Um, he has a way of writing that like really speaks to me, man. He also is very good at kind of tailoring his flow and switching it up when it needs to be switched up. Um, that I think is actually like really professional. Um, all of his music is really refreshing, even though it's basically all the same. This album is more of the same, and while that's not a bad thing at all, it does feel a little monotonous when his output rate is the way that it is. That being said, I really enjoyed this. I gave it a 7. Soho House is obviously my standout. Um, what did you think about it? I I really liked this, man. I thought that it started off with one of his best songs to date, perfectly encapsulates what I love about his music. It's uplifting, it's aspirational, but it's grounded in reality in a way that most hip hop isn't these days. And I think that he carries those vibes throughout the rest of the record with ease. I thought the last entry in lyrics to go, like I said, felt a little underwhelming, but every minor criticism I had about that album was addressed on this record. Nothing sounds phoned in. 
The production has a little more variety to it. I don't know if it's my favorite album of his yet. Only time will tell with that. But I think it's in the conversation. It's a it's top three for sure. Uh, I gave it an eight out of ten. Three hundred sixty five days of peace was my standout. I really enjoyed this one. Me too. I think there's a lot to like about it. And I'm going to be coming back to it quite often. <laughs> I really liked it. So I did as well. Good job, Coda. We love you. Thank you for delivering, buddy. <laughs> yep. Um, maybe he'll write a song about taking his kid trick-or-treating this year. Halloween might be <laughs> when he starts the output rate again. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to this new metric album. Formentera, I think is how you say the name. For Formentera. I don't know. Sure. For, I like Formentera. Afghanistanannies. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so this is your first new metric album release experience. I want to know the thoughts, the feelings, everything you went through and how you ended up liking this one as a whole. Cause I imagined that you were loving this when I heard it. All right. So I actually, uh, my wife has been listening to metric a lot and I actually went back and listened to a couple of their albums, um, in order to kind of prepare for this. Um, Good. This is a very dance-centric metric album, which is great. I do wish that there were some more guitar-led songs. Even though there's plenty of guitar here, I, 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 think, I think it suffered from something that we talked about when we talked about Modern Errors um, album uh, last week or the week before, um, mm -hmm. where it, it just feels like over-hybridization. That being said, I fucking love that they opened with a 10 minute song and this <laughs> album was incredible. It, it was really enjoyable to listen to. Um, it didn't quite get to where my expectations were, though, from the singles. Um, I really liked the singles a bunch um, and I actually thought that the album would kind of build upon them. And I'm not sure that it really did. Um, it. Look, Metric has always had this kind of electronic edge to them, uh, which is awesome. But I, I feel like these songs were almost written to like be friendly for like Instagram reels or something. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it, it doesn't, it didn't do exactly what I wanted it to do for me. Um, I really did enjoy it though. Does that, does that make sense? Like I could really like it without, without it hitting my expectations the way I wanted yeah, it to. Yeah. I think you can find it objectively good and not be blown away by it or think it's the best album or the most revolutionary band ever. Like I think I, that, no, no, go for it. What were you going to say? No, 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 please. You, you, you finished. I was just going to say it's similar, like muse, like you hear them late in their career and what they do is very impressive because they've been doing it so long and they're so good at it, but they're not at their best anymore. I think that I can say that, but I, I mean, I really liked this album, I think a little more than you did. Um, but I, I honestly don't think any of your, your like review is off at all. Like, I think that that's a very fair takeaway to have from this album. Cause it, it took me about three listens to kind of get into this one. I think it takes balls to open your album with a 10 minute song. Love but that. I also think that that is a very overwhelming experience to just dive into an album with. And I think that like, it finds its footing pretty quick after, but you have to like, it was almost like, fatiguing getting, yeah, their older albums. Yeah, they're older albums. The songs were a little more concise. These ones are much more sprawling and it's a few less songs and longer songs, I would say. So 
stylistically it's a little different musically it's still the indie synth rock that i expect from them i guess like you say hybridization and you're right it is the hybrid of a few sounds but to me this is just metric and the way that metric has always sounded super fair um so yes they are a hybrid but i don't think that it's it's naturally just what they do cool but did you give this a score? Uh, I gave it a six, um, and that might grow on subsequent listens. Uh, my standout was actually what feels like eternity. Ooh, that's a good one, man. Um, I think I have it in the seven or eight range. I don't know. I think All Comes Crashing was a great single, but my favorite's probably either False Dichotomy or Oh Please. I, I really liked those two back to back. All right. All right, man. Let's move on to this new one that you threw on here from Stand Atlantic called Fear. I have never heard of this band before now, right? We haven't reviewed any of their music. We have not. All right. So then tell me about it. What what was I listening to here? I've been hearing a lot about this band. This band released their debut album in 2018, and I've been hearing a lot about it on the internet, and I wanted to give them a shot. Uh, turns out, super like it. Uh, woman vocals and pop punk works really well. I love Paramore. I love the Interrupters. And I think at this point, I really like Stand Atlantic. A couple of things I didn't like about this album. I don't like the auto-tune that she brings in in a number of parts. And I think the interludes and the outro are kind of cringy. I liked basically everything else about this album. It's a ton of fun to listen to. There's some great melodies. There's some great riffs. There's some great energy. There's great hooks. Great bridges, decently written lyrics, and I'm not sure I love some of the features, but I gotta say, I really did enjoy listening to this whole album. I gave it a seven. My favorite is Doomsday. Oh, man. So <laughs> you said a lot of what, what I'm going to hit on, and that is just, I feel like this was going to be a really good album, but the fucking auto-tune, man. <laughs> Dear God. I'm a T-Pain fan. <laughs> I I think T Pain is beautiful. His voice. This is too much auto tune yes. for me. I don't like you said. She has a pretty good voice, and I don't think that they needed it. Uh, this this album drove me fucking crazy. Honestly, man. Like I think on first listen, I was doing some stuff around the house and thought it sounded okay. But when I gave this one the good headphones treatment, I struggled a little bit. Like musically, it sounds like something I should like, but. The, the vocals, the auto-tune, I found it grating after a while. Like you said, the, the interludes were kind of cringe. Uh, I, I don't know. The features really didn't do much for me. I, I think I gave it a few listens, but this one, I just, it wasn't for me. Like, I couldn't connect with them as a group, even when I would like a few songs. I think you're dead on that there's a lot of fun music on this album, Doomsday is a great intro. Very fun. My standout, Molotov. Just Molotov a balls to the wall fucking song. Yeah, yep. I, I like that when it's just off the rails. But I felt like that's that like type of effort came a little too late in the album to like keep me <laughs> genuinely interested. Super fair. I ended up giving this one a 4 out of 10. Molotov was my standout. I thought it would have been a much better album without the amount of auto-tune that they put on it. Yeah, That's I'm gonna agree. Away. I'm gonna agree. <laughs> I think I, I, I gave it. I get. I'm giving it a seven, but 
it's it's probably it's not going to I don't think it's going to be a grower on me. Um, no. And I, I think there's been so much good rock and specifically pop punk that's come out this year that I seriously doubt we're going to be we're going to be talking about this um, at all throughout the rest of the year. But I needed to hear it. We needed to talk about it. I'm glad you heard them. I'm glad I heard them. And that's where we're at. Yeah, I haven't really seen much about the talk of them online, but I'm sure I will eventually. And now I'll at least have an opinion of my own on that. Yeah, they're fairly popular, man. Almost a million monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah, no, I I honestly think they're a good band. I think they just need to work on their sound and maybe have a little more confidence in not trying so many production things to hide how they actually sound. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Good could have been much better, though. Okay, let's move on to this Viagra Boys album called Cave World. I've I know you've been dying for this one for a while, man. And they've always kind of just blown my fucking mind. I don't know how to approach their music at all. So <laughs> I want you to go first to tell me what what a fan of theirs who was anticipating this album thought of it. I'm loose. Uh- <laughs> This, this album is fucking amazing, man. Just like their album last year, then the, the album before it, man. I'm, a, I'm just a huge fucking fan of this. Um, the only thing, the only critique that I have of this album, because honestly, there's not like a lot to critique. There's a lot to talk about, but not a lot to critique. I wish they had more saxophone like they did on Welfare Jazz. That's it. I like everything else about this album. And we get a bunch of saxophone on one of the songs. I forget which one. God, man, the... The the the, <laughs> the commentary on conspiracies, the instrumentals, the absolutely inane lyrics, uh, the way they take literally nothing seriously and do it so seriously is just. I mean, I ain't a thief. We just have the same stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, man! Um, they had a feature on the. I think it's Big Boy is the is the song of this guy from uh, uh, the Sleaford Mods, which I a lot of people have been talking about, but I'm I'm not like a big fan of it. Big fan <laughs> of their band, but God, man, creepy crawlies just they're just they're putting they're putting microchips in the vaccines and god man just it's just there's there's moments on this album where you're thinking all right i'm gonna get into this and then you just you can't you gotta laugh like it is a very funny album i will give you that I it's love full that. of personality this this is a nine this is a great album Oh, man. I honestly like listening to you talk about them more than I like listening to them. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how else to say it. Like, I've tried with this band. I've really tried. And I love your enthusiasm for them. And I do appreciate their approach to music. But the music that they make does not connect with me. I do not enjoy (laughs) listening to it, especially for extended amounts of time. Even when I don't take it serious, I don't have a much better time listening to it. But I, I honestly don't fully dislike this album. There's some really good things. And I think everything I said about the single still holds up. They're very good songs. They're very funny. They're very good writers. And although I don't like the lyrical or the uh, the vocal delivery that he chooses a lot of time, I, I I get the joke. Like I get what it is. I honestly think you just like this sound more. The the not serious, serious kind of the psychedelic porn crumpets type of thing. 
like we'll make badass songs about whatever we want type of shit yeah which i think i just i still need to come around or i need to find the band that does it the way that connects with me the most but man i give them a lot of props for being inventive and i give them extra props for how much joy they bring you uh they just aren't fully for me but i'm also going to give them credit for one of the best album covers this year i think this is incredible album art and i don't know man i'm gonna give this one a five because i'm dead in the middle i didn't dislike it but i i can't say that i really enjoyed it either uh baby criminal is my standout though i thought that that's an incredible song to open the album with but i would say punk rock loser was probably a close second the hook on punk rock loser is so good um saying a gold chain uh it's it's fake um i just uh there's a band that i actually think you might like i if you if you took the psychedelic porn crumpets and idols and put them together i think this is what would come out and i think you really like the port psychedelic porn crumpets you can't really get into idols and i think that's kind of why you come right into the middle with these um because i i think this non-serious really silly fucking commentary music is 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 done in such a serious way that I mean, they, they obviously they put like a lot of work into these songs that mean nothing. And I don't know why I love that so much. There's a band I might throw on next week. Have we talked about Proto Martyr yet? I think we have. I don't know about an album, but we've definitely this name sounds familiar. So I'll, I think I'll we've throw, talked about a song. I'll, I'll throw on a song that I think uh, you might really like. I own one of their records because I, I am a fan um, and may, may, maybe it'll get you. This is considered uh you're gonna love this post punk although i don't think anybody in the genre of post punk actually claims that or likes that or should they that's kind of what it is um which was popularized in the late 1970s just kind of a few years after punk rock was kind of gaining a footing people were like yeah no um and uh yeah i i i really like this sound i really like the album art i love how seriously unserious they are i could not stop listening to this this week i listened to it like 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 an hour ago like oh i know it's gonna be one of your favorite rock albums of the year i already know it (laughs) i can tell and i'm excited to give it more chances it just did not hit me all the way yet But we have some really good releases coming out this week that I do think are going to hit me. You want to know what we're going to be covering this week? Please tell me. Dear God, man, this is going to be one for the ages. We got Biba Doobie's new album, Baytopia. Interpol's new album, The Other Side of Make Believe. Hell yeah. Lizzo's new album, Special. Hell yeah. Neo's new album, Self-Explanatory. And just announced Rain City Drive's new album, Rain City Drive. Plus new singles from Klingstoff, Porter Robinson, and a lot more. Mother gonna of God. going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. Mother of God. Um, you guys are not going to want to miss that episode. That's going to be a great one. We've been really, really looking forward to this Lizzo and Interpol for a few months now. So be sure to tune in. Please like, follow, subscribe, all that fun shit if you haven't. Be sure to follow the playlist, too. If you don't listen with us, it's probably less fun. Yes, it probably is less fun. So follow along with the playlist on Spotify. You can search Brandon's face, or you can usually find the link in our show notes or on any of our social media profiles. Um, Yes, you can find us on Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, Spotify, all that good shit. Music by Anthony Reader. 
Am I missing anything? That's it. Later, guys. That's fucking it. Peace. Peace.